Good evening. Welcome to Psychedelic Healing. I am your host, Sonia Cotto, nurse anesthesiologist and mental health advocate here with a special guest today. Far, far off from Australia, I have Tanya de Jong. She is a co-founder and executive director of Mind Medicine Australia, a registered charity aiming to expand treatment options for Australians suffering from mental illness through safe and effective use of psychedelic-assisted therapies. She regularly presents on psychedelic therapies, mental health, and well-being at major conferences and events around the world, and to governments, regulators, clinicians, philanthropists, and the general public. Mind Medicine Australia successfully applied for the rescheduling of psilocybin and MDMA in July of this year, 2023. The world's first to actually do so. Congratulations. If that wasn't awe-inspiring enough, Tanya has made it her mission to change the world, one voice at a time, by singing together. Tanya's TED Talk, How Singing Together Changes the Brain, has sparked international interest. She is a trailblazing Australian soprano, global speaker, award-winning social entrepreneur, philanthropist, creative innovation catalyst, and spiritual journey woman. She is the founder of four charities and six businesses and has been named the 100 Women of Influence, the 100 Australian Most Influential Entrepreneurs, and named as one of the 100 Most Influential People in Psychedelics, and rightly so. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much, Sonia. It's a pleasure being on the program. Oh, yes. I was very excited to be able to uh, interview you, and I love to definitely go and dive deep into the work that you have done with Mind Medicine. But it didn't start off there. You know, you have quite an interesting history being a tennis player, actually going into law initially, but then uh, really finding your voice. Me, I am just astonished because in your stories and if everybody um, out there is really understands and is struggling with the mental health and how beautiful uh, psychedelics um, can do with healing. You know, Tanya here is an amazing, amazing soprano. I listen to your music. I'm very impressed. And I am surprised that you actually pulled through. You have a beautiful story of at 14, someone telling that you sh can't sing and you shouldn't be a singer and how you were able to actually overcome that and become an amazing soprano. How did you overcome that? How did it usually that would actually stop people. You know, they would never sing again. <laughs> Look, it was one of those things, I, I think, at the age of 14 when when my friends told me never to bother having singing lessons. I did believe her for a couple, you know, a couple of years at least. And then I studied backstage in the school musical and then I finally, a couple of years later, auditioned for the chorus of the musical Oklahoma. And to my amazement, I got the lead role and that taught me that you should never let anyone snatch your dreams away. And since then, I've been singing, really finding my voice for, for a long time and, and hacking mind, body, and spirit so that I can be the best performer uh, possible so that I'm using my whole instrument and really connecting with people on different dimensions through using my voice and so on. I've always, I'm the daughter and granddaughter of Holocaust survivors, so I've learned about resilience, you know, like by any rights I shouldn't I shouldn't be here because most of my relatives were murdered in the Holocaust. And so I'm very lucky to be here and I think that's what drives me to to make a difference and also to bounce back when things go wrong. Resilience is such an important attribute to develop for all of us. 
because we live in a very uncertain world. There's a lot of disruption and many, many things, curveballs can come in our direction and we need to know how to, how to adapt and how to be flexible and strong when, you know, when people say negative things or when bad things happen to actually continue and to continue to strive for your vision and your dreams is so important. I love that. That is actually very beautiful and just very impressive because not only did you find your voice, you actually have been giving voice to hundreds, thousands of people and, you know, just learning more about you and just seeing all the work that you've done with all the charities and, you know, and all the the companies that you formed. It's always about the community and giving voice to those underserved and that are suffering, you know, and then you didn't just stop there. You started the foundation, you know, to really help with mental health because with psychedelics, you know, people do suffer from stories, you know, the fact that you were able to overcome that and just have such a brilliant career, you know, and something that you were told that you couldn't do, you know, psychedelics allow the release of those stories, at least the awareness of those stories, because a lot of people never sing again. You know, yeah, she's very sad. It is so sad, you know, because everybody has a voice. Everyone can learn, you know, if you love doing something, you know, you just have to release it. What inspired you or how did Mind Medicine Australia come? So that was really like uh, very coincidental. You know, my husband and I have set up six charities all together now. And we certainly didn't intend to set up a, a charity in in the mental health or healthcare medicine space. And what really happened was because I've always been very interested in biohacking mind, body and spirit, as I mentioned, I'd always tried lots of different things, you know, yoga, mantra, meditation, tantra, cryotherapy, myotherapy, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, you name it, I've probably tried it at some point just because I've always been a seeker and and wanting to unlock more of my own potential and the potential of those around me as well. And so I think, you know, I was always pretty interested in being a doctor or psychologist. When I first went to university, I actually did enroll for psychology, but then it was so statistical and so sort of land and boring, at least I felt was. <laughs> I didn't feel it was what I my interpretation, what I what I thought psychology was about. So I've always been uh, trying different things and then I came across a blog of Tim Ferriss where he was donating 100000 US dollars to a trial at Imperial College for depression and what was really remarkable about this was that, you know, he had this article that he'd linked to in the New York magazine called The Trip Treatment which was based on the New York University trial of patients with a terminal end-of-life diagnosis of cancer. And what was remarkable about that trial was that after just two doses of psilocybin, 80% of the patients went into remission from their anxiety and stress due to their terminal diagnosis. And they went back to the participants in that trial four and a half years later, and not only were most of the participants still alive, but all of those were still in remission as well. And one of the patients that was profiled in the article in the New York 
magazine. And this was before Michael Pollan had been in his book. This was back in 2016. One of them was a person who'd experienced intergenerational Holocaust trauma and had healed from that through this treatment. And I had always been aware of the burden of being a second, you know, of, of being, you know, a second generation Holocaust survivor. And yeah. I had been aware that there was something about that that was potentially holding me back, making me anxious, whatever it would be. And really, all of us carry some kind of trauma, usually ancestral trauma. We're carrying, you know, whatever our ancestors have been through. And that goes on for generations and generations. And until we break that cycle, we're carrying that trauma with us in ourselves, even if we don't like to admit it. And so immediately that I read this article, I just said to my husband, oh, you've got to read this. You know, we should really do these treatments. So he read the article and then he said, well, why don't you approach the researchers? And the main researcher of this particular study was Robert Carhart-Harris. And so I approached him to see if we could get into a trial in in Europe, in London, and there weren't any trials for healthy persons. And so at that time when we were going to, to Europe, so they ended up introducing us to some people in the Netherlands who introduced us to a Dutch psychedelic guide. And we went overseas and had this treatment with him and it was mind-blowing. It was life-changing, completely profound, you know, con- confrontational, challenging, ultimately beautiful and blissful. And that sense of being a part of everything, that you are part of everything, that everything is part of you, that that sense of oneness, of connection with yourself, with others, with the planet was so healing and so really magnificent and we came out of that session really took us the best part of a year to integrate that into our lives and then we went back to the second session a year later and that was even more profound and at that time we decided that we were going to do a whole lot more research on these medicines and we started to connect with a lot of the leading researchers from around the world and clinicians and others who were doing a lot of the the work in this renaissance in this field. And we started attending events around the world in this in this field so that we could learn more about it. We watched every video, read every book. And this went on. And then finally in 2018, we decided to start a charity, Mind Medicine Australia, which we launched in 2019. And so that's been going for about four and a half years now. And yes, we have made history with that charity by becoming the first nation to reschedule psilocybin and MDMA. And it's been an incredible journey, very challenging, very, very difficult, hard work, probably the hardest work of all our charities. And now we've achieved some amazing things really to to create an ecosystem in Australia, but also to create a model of a charity that is quite different. So in terms of building the ecosystem, what we've really been committed to is 
four key strategic pillars. One of those is education and awareness. So we spend an enormous amount of time and money educating the broader community and clinicians and researchers and governments, regulators, you know, lawyers and others about these medicines, how safe and effective they can be used in the right set and setting, and educating people about the enormously significant trial data that has come out where patients are achieving regularly 60 to 80 percent of achieving remissions after just two or three doses of these medicines and have previously been completely treatment resistant, which means that they've not responded to pretty much any treatment, whether it's antidepressants, antipsychotic, other psychiatric medications, psychotherapy, or a range of other treatments. And what we do know is that current remission rates for existing treatments for depression are around about 30% and existing treatments with trauma um, medicines is around 5 to 10%. So, you know, you compare those remission rates for existing treatments against 60 to 80% after just two to three medicinal doses with a short course of psychotherapy. And not only are there enormous cost savings, but of course, patients are actually getting well. They're getting their lives back. They're getting out of the medical system and they're able to contribute back into society have functional relationships and jobs and make a difference in the community, which we desperately need because we have a mental illness pandemic that is oh, yes. of significant proportions all around the world. And that's the thing that I love about Mind Medicine Australia because you're not, it's not just advocacy. Yes, you've, you know, you've passed and rescheduled psilocybin MDMA, but the, the programs that you have on your website, I was just, deep dive. I just got lost, you know, in all the resources that you have for education, but you actually help certify, you know, you're all encompassing this program that you have is just international, global. You have a list of, you know, psychedelic medicine centers for those that are looking, you know, both in the U.S. and abroad, you know, for different uh, places to receive yeah, services. Legal. Yeah, yes. legal services, you know, and That's then not-, not only that, but even therapists, you could go and become certified and really trained, you know, in the training programs that you have both online and even then the webinars that you uh, host, you know, they're up late in, in U.S. times. It's a little opposite timing, you know, so it's difficult, but I have registered and have watched, um, you know, in the middle of the night, the the webinars that you offer with mm. prominent researchers and, and people in the community, both U.S. and abroad, and your, your program will this charity is just so amazing. It's really a model for for the world. And I'm so impressed with that, um, with the resources that you supply for both practitioners for having all the research there in one place. You know, you can deep dive in, uh, you know, all the different research publications and have to search for very many hours and you have it all listed there for us. Um, no, thank you. So- I mean, yeah. I mean, so that first pillar of education and building awareness has been, you know, a huge labor of love in which we've put together a global webinar series, podcast series. We have chapters all around Australia. We provide funding um, towards research trials as well. So we are funding a number of trials in Australia at the moment. And then, as you say, we've got a huge uh, education offering in that 
we've started the first certificate in psychedelic-assisted therapies in the Asia-Pacific region, and we have a world-leading faculty, as you would have seen, led by Oh, yes. Gideway, the, the wonderful psychiatrist out of New York, Dr. Ellie Kotler, our Australian course director, and then we have this extraordinary faculty. And the feedback for the course has been wonderful. Many of the practitioners who graduated from the program so far have described it as the best professional development training they've done in their entire careers. And David Nutt, Professor David Nutt from Imperial College, described it as the world's leading training in psychedelic-assisted therapies. We also run some other short courses as well, and then we also do partner with universities, as I mentioned, in, in all sorts of research and development in the field. And then we've also uh, done a deal with a Canadian supplier of psilocybin and MDMA to ensure that there are affordable sources of the medicines available for clinical use and trials in Australia. And we're also partnering with a lot of clinical groups uh, on their clinical rollout so that they can actually deliver these treatments. And then, of course, the biggest thing that we've done is is make these rescheduling applications and, and have those mean that the medicines are now controlled medicines in Australia and this means that psychiatrists, at the moment psychiatrists, can can apply for authorised prescriber status so that they can treat their treatment-resistant patients. And this all takes time, these processes. There's a lot of bureaucracy. But little by little, you know, we're making, we're making significant progress. Wonderful. With your training, are you... You know, because here in the U.S. we have MAPS training, so psychiatrists, therapists can go through MAPS, and that specifically trains for psychedelic therapy uh, related to MDMA. In your program, you train with just all psychedelics in general, or do you specifically yeah. with psilocybin and MDMA? The psilocybin and MDMA, the core focus of the of the training, because they're the medicines which will be practiced with by the practitioners going forwards because they're the medicines that are most advanced in the trials. However, there are there is some education in our training about the other medicines. So people learn a little bit about ayahuasca and ibogaine and LSD and DMT and so on. But do you I, have yeah. do you have any um ketamine uh oh, yes, ketamineers in Australia? Yeah, I should have mentioned that. Yes. Absolutely, and ketamine is legal in Australia. And oh, beautiful. Dita Bade, who is our international course director, is one of the leading ketamine-assisted therapists, psychiatrists in the world. So her and, and Dr. Phil Wolfson teach ketamine-assisted therapy to the students. And Oh, that uh, is amazing to have. Yeah. And we also run a global webinar on ketamine-assisted therapy as well. Oh, yes, yes, that was the, the late night. <laughs> that I was uh, into. It was uh, a great course. And I, I actually know Phil Wolfson from the U.S. He is definitely oh. a, a great, a great person here and has transformed, you know, ketamine and the therapies that they have available. And I, I personally have a ketamine infusion clinic. So that's why I had oh. to throw that in there like, wait, what about ketamine? Where is that? But, Where is the clinic? Um, we are in the closest city. It's Fort Lauderdale, Florida, mm -hmm. or more related to Pompano, Miami Beach, um, those are in Hollandale Beach. So please send yes. your please send me your information on that. We we could put that on our Oh, I would love that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We 
we do things a little differently, which is why I love your program, because you do have all all the things that are so important. Like you said, it took you a year to integrate everything in your first experience. And integration is probably the the biggest thing and the, the key for that. So having, you know, the training and the education and knowing the importance of integration. What did that, I was going to ask you what that looked like for you after your first, you know, experience with medicine. Oh, the integration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think for us it was just taking enough time to really reflect on what we'd experienced because it was so different to anything else we'd experienced before. Like we'd not had any drugs before in our lives, before that experience. I'd never even got drunk. And so singing had been my choice, speaking my very good drug of choice for, for decades. And so for us to actually get up, get high, go into an altered state of consciousness was, I mean, I've gone into altered states of consciousness through my singing and to some extent we experience altered states of consciousness, of course, if we're good meditators or even in yoga and, you know, Mm -hmm. in nature and, and many other places. But I'd never experienced that sort of altered state of consciousness and so that was really significant for us because it was like, can we access that state more regularly? Do we need to take these medicines to access that state? Or would these medicines be like a window to access those states more regularly without the medicines? And that actually has become the case. So probably we've had more than 10 medicinal 10 or 12 medicinal experiences over the past seven years, periodically every few months, we might work with a with an experienced guide overseas to have these experiences in legal environments like at the Netherlands. But the um, fact of the matter, I guess, remains that now that has given us access to to other altered states without the medicines as well, because I think once you well, once you open the doors of perception, as Elders Huxley said, yes. you can't close them again. And that's a good thing. I fully believe that as a species, the more that humans can access these altered states for good and for kindness and for opening their hearts and expanding their consciousness, the better. So I'm all in favor of of people experiencing these states, of course, in the right setting with the guidance of experienced sitters or therapists so that people can get the most out of these treatments. And certainly I think it's absolutely critical that people have proper integration and that can be with a therapist it can be with a counselor of some kind or it can just be with someone who's very experienced a really good listener and people who help you frame what you've what you've learned because the insights are so profound yeah and how do you you know when it comes out how do you you know cope with it how do you integrate it into your life and how do you and move forward you know in that 
Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, thought. I mean, I also got an incredible amount of insights about what I should be doing, how I should be doing it, what we should be doing with my medicine, what I should be doing with, you know, some of my singing and my other projects, my leadership projects, my speaking projects, all of these sorts of things. It was like I'd get these clear visions of everything from book covers to, you know, the syllabus for a course to it was quite amazing, the clarity. Because all the the extra stuff that's not important just falls away and it, you're just yeah. left with what is. That's mm-hmm. the, the that's beautiful right. part. And I, I loved how you touched about meditation because you actually do have quite a few meditations on your YouTube channel, which yeah. actually I love. I love the voice. I love the music. It's it's a great, it's great meditations that I've actually started listening to. Yeah. Um, so thank you for having that. But it is so true with meditation. If you can get to that point. And that's where a lot of, you know, these professional meditators or these skilled meditators have been doing for years can get into that space. Oh, no, they can go into that spontaneously. Oh, spontaneously. And it's Absolutely. so beautiful. But we're, you know, in our world, it's we're too busy. We're too distracted that it's sometimes difficult for us and having these medicines available to where we can just get everything put away to the side and just see things for how things are, you know. Ego stories, all of that, and then healing that intergenerational trauma that's been passed down, which is a very, very true thing, even if it's just energy or heaviness or guilt, shame, all these things that affect DNAs when we are pass- being passed down, you know, through the generations. That's and did you have, you had that, I'm sure you had that experience, correct, in your medicine? Sure. I mean, being the child of Holocaust survivors. Oh, Absolutely. No, no, I mean, I certainly saw the Holocaust in some of the medicine experiences, but I've also seen other periods of history that I, I don't even necessarily know what all of them are. I think I'd need a historian to get inside one. Right. I'm not see what I'm actually seeing, but I'm seeing like, I am seeing some really interesting moments of history and, and just things, you know, that have happened to women and, and men and the whole masculine, feminine archetypes and, and what they mean and how we need to integrate the masculine more into the feminine, feminine more into the masculine, all of that sort of stuff. And I think you mentioned the albums that I've recently created with mm-hmm. um, a range of incredible collaborators, but probably the most significant of those is the new album, which has just come out called Awakening for the Peaceful Soul, which has a series of meditations and songs and music on it. And it's been created in partnership with myself and the Brahma Kumaris and that's a global meditation community which is all about I am a peaceful soul and this album we've gifted to the wills so people can download it for free. Thank you so much. I have already downloaded it. Oh good. We've got these beautiful videos that have been created to to fit with with the meditations and with the music and so on so that people can can go into those altered states and experience their full unified self and the consciousness and connection that they have with everyone and everything. It's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I love I love that. And it's, it's definitely a great resource uh, for everyone out there if you'd like to go to her YouTube channel. It is uh, Ta- Tanya DeYoung, and it has all the CDs, all the music that she's created, and you continue to create. You are just 
creativity at its core and, <laughs> you know, just expanding it to everyone, expanding the mind, expanding song and voice. And I do catch myself singing. You know, I was one of those that stopped singing because I was told I couldn't. And I keep singing. Yeah. No, I, I started and I did. And, you know, watching your uh, TED talk, it was like, yes, you know, and not everybody's voices. Who cares? You know, it's not what you sound. It's about the vibration and the energy and the release and just the symbolism and the connection. And it's it's just so beautiful. And it was such an honor. I'm just so awed by, you know, one woman just, you know, being inspired and just taking on and just wanting to see change in the world and actually doing it. You know, so well, thank you thank so much, well, Tanya. You know, I can't say it's easy being a pioneer, but it's worth it. And I encourage everyone to not be silenced and to be curious and ask questions and think about how each of us can create the change in the world we want to see. And I'd love to give you two websites. My my website, which is Tanya Diong, T-A-N-I-A-D-E-J-O-N-G.com. And mindmedicineaustralia.org. And we're a charity, we're a registered charity, and we need your support. So if if those of you who are listening can support us in kind financially through donations as partners, whatever it is with your ideas, please reach out to us. Where we've got a great team and we love connecting with diverse people from around the world and creating this amazing global movement to create sustainable change in the world that needs it more than ever. Yes, yes. Many blessings to that. Well, thank you so much, Tanya, for spending your uh, evening, your morning with us today. Please, everyone, go see her YouTube channel with the beautiful music and the meditations, and then do contribute. You know, the work that she's doing, it's very hard and it does take, take money. So if you do have that opportunity to help, um, go ahead and do so. Thank you, everyone. And thank you for joining us for this week's dose of psychedelic healing. Have a beautiful night. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.